0: Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome. We are coming to you from the StarCast convention here. It has already been an amazing, amazing time, and it's only going to get better. I am joined with my friend for nearly 20 years, the one and only Mike Johnson, and we are about to embark on the Taz Show. Mike, what can we expect
1: Anybody who's followed Taz's career from the days of dropping people on their heads in ECW all the way to being one of the definitive voices of SmackDown and now being on national sports radio with Taz and the Moose and CBS in the mornings knows he's kind of on the fence. Never really gives his opinions. (laughs) He's very gentle, a lot of jocularity, and just a lot of... It'd be a lot of silliness, a lot of opinion, and... uh, Has pretty much uh, pissing people off. That's kind of his career. Mike Johnson dripping with sarcasm. And
0: everyone is talking about the event coming up on Saturday, Double or Nothing. And viewers around the globe, especially outside the United States, can enjoy the event right here on Fight. And that's what's so unique about Fight. Any combat sport you want, it lives forever on the site. Uh, do you use Fight? Do you have a particular show that you like to watch?
1: I watch Ring of Honor every week on Fight, MLW every week on Fight. I Actually, Fight's the only outlet I use for pay-per-views when I'm covering them on PWInsider.com because there's no buffering. And I know it sounds like I'm plugging here. I'm really not. There's no buffering. And actually, the, the video quality is better than what the, what the pay-per-view that I order on In Demand on Verizon. So I'm very happy with Fight.TV
0: I guess the only time we'd want buffering is when Taz has a live mic. That's the beauty of this. And if you want to call your friends, you can. Because when Taz has a live mic, social media will lose its mind. The wrestling world, the media world will say, hey, did you hear what that guy said? And right now, you're going to be able to hear and see what that guy said. Because Mike, I think it's time. For the Taz Show, what do you think?
1: I think it's time we go to Taz.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's take it to the Taz Show, right here, exclusive. Stay with Fight, you never know what is going to happen. The Maniac coming out of Brooklyn, a one-man cross where he's going to leave you shook, try to beat him if you can to survive, if he lets you, you must suplex, and he coming for you too, better watch out, the guy your mother warned you about, and he's
2: got one question I'll inform you about, like. Former world heavyweight champion. Baz.
3: Now you know when you get a custom orange desk, they're doing stuff the right way. Am I allowed to curse? No, I'm not kidding. Like, where's Stryker? Matt Stryker. Thank you, Matt. Where's Matt Stryker? Did he leave? Yeah, Matt. Okay, I got my eye on you. You know we got a little heat. Well, here's the backstory. Matt Stryker, for some crazy reason, I don't know why this happened, decided to unfollow me on Twitter. That's sacrilegious in our world today. We live and die by social media. Matt Matt Stryker coming down there like a badass. What are you going to tell me? What are you going to tell me? Pick a hand? No, that's not my line. That's Rob's line. No, anyway, why did you unfollow me, Matt? Where's the mic? Here, come here. Come up. Matt Stryker, ladies and gentlemen, does a great job for fight. Come here. We go way back. Yeah. What's with the unfollow,
0: bro? So I'm not aware that I unfollowed you, and I'll have you know that people have come up to me to say, hey, you, you've unfollowed me, or hey, you follow me.
3: I think there's an algorithm Jack over at Twitter, I think, is messing with us. You know, Chris Jericho, the same thing happened to me and Chris. Shocking. I know. And then Chris came on my show, and then, but he did unfollow me, and he told me why. And he had a good reason, because I buried him without knowing I buried him. So You burying someone? Well, it was a light burial. Uh, it wasn't what I love, Chris. No, but you I like, I don't love. But we go way back. Yeah. And you were on the Taz show way back, when you were doing play-by-play for Lucha Underground. Yes, sir. And then you unfollowed me. So, I think I might have muted you, but I didn't unfollow you. I mute everybody, bro. Should I follow you back? Should I follow him back? I don't know. I don't know that. Let me sit down at my fancy you desk. Sit down at your little desk. Did there? you hear that reaction? It was like, eh, yeah. eh. I'll follow anyone in this room. No, you know what, Matt? Before I follow, Listen, Taz. don't don't. <laughs> I guess you could sit. Down. I could sit down. Look at this. It's like Johnny Carson. You don't Carson. have to. You don't have to follow me. Okay. You don't have to follow me. I, I kind of. I didn't know you were even going to be here. When I, I heard that you were going to be part of like introducing the Taz show, I'm like, wow. Yeah. You know, because I, I was just very surprised. So here's uh, some backstory the other way.
0: I've actually been following Taz my entire career. We're trained by the same guy, the legendary Hall of Famer Johnny Rods. When I first went into Gleason's gym in Brooklyn, Johnny has all these pictures on his wall. He has Tommy Dreamer. He has Big Sweet William, who went on to become Bill DeMott. He has Devon Dudley. But there's one picture of this guy just standing there, and I said to myself, I wanna be like that. I wanna be the guy that gives some validity to the wrestling. When Taz would suplex people or catch someone in a hold, you never questioned if it were real or not, did you? Not at all. That's why I follow you, because you made
3: people like me believe in the sport. Well, I thank you. Thank you, Matt, I appreciate that. And I'm glad you read the script perfectly that we worked out backstage. No, no. (laughs) No, I love you, man. I know you a long time. And I, I did not know that story, but thank you for sharing that. That's really cool. And I really, I did try my best when I was in my prime because being an undersized guy and you're not 6'6", so you know, you <laughs> No, but you know, yes. of those of us back in the day when you were under six foot, it was like, how dare you be a pro wrestler? You know, how dare, how, how are we going to push you? You're not big enough. Fuck, you're this tall. Yeah. Well, that's when the guys that, back in the day, when you learned undersized, you had to bring the wood, as I call it. You had to bring the intensity and bring the ferocity. And I always tried to do that, you know. And, you know, anytime I hear someone, uh, brethren from the industry, uh, you know, brother with boots, say something like that, I appreciate it. So thank you, Matt. I appreciate that.
0: Absolutely. And now
3: I will follow you on Twitter, even if you don't follow me. No, you're blocked.
0: You're totally (laughs) blocked. He blocked me. I blocked him. You know what you can do, though? You can follow my brand-new Fantasy Baseball show on the Fantasy Sports Network, Fantasy Baseball Hour. Wow. Anyone that's into Fantasy Baseball, feel free to follow me, and you can do it as
3: well. No, no Met picks at all. The Mets are the worst team in baseball. Subtle plug. Subtle. Not really so subtle, more like a sledgehammer over the head. Hey, don't You could c- use my platform to plug your Fantasy Baseball. No Thanks. problem. You just pissed me off again. All right, anyway. Uh, Matt Stryker, ladies and gentlemen. There thank you, everybody. Enjoy the show. Thank you, Matt. What a plug. Anyway, no, no, follow his fantasy baseball gimmick. You getting paid for that thing or what? Yes. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Hey, guys, as you're enjoying this special live edition of the Taz Show from Las Vegas, from StarCast 2, I got to get a little serious on here for a second, let you know, uh, you know, it's getting beautiful out. Everybody's driving, everybody's out there more, and we need to be careful. Um, What does that mean? Uh, We need to buckle up for safety, okay? Nitz's Click It or Ticket campaign is a true Life saver, and there's no doubt about it. The police, the cops are stepping up enforcement and writing tickets, so don't take the risk, guys. When you're not wearing your seatbelt, you're risking serious injury or death. And there really is no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up, no matter how far you're driving, whether you think it's uncom- uncomfortable or you just forgot, always buckle up. Always. And buckle up uh, those that you love Especially your know, family members Or friends and, and more importantly uh, You're the driver yourself Make sure everyone is buckled up uh, Just be smart guys Wear a seatbelt, click it or ticket it. It's not worth uh, uh, Getting tickets and it's not worth Taking a risk uh, This is a serious, serious thing So, Like I said, be smart, wear a seatbelt Click it or ticket Yeah, no, so like, what I was talking about, with, as far as... Where's Mike Johnson? He, Mike's here. You know, you guys that are fans of the TAS show, you know, Mike Johnson's always a big part. Where's Mike Johnson? I got these lights on my face. Where's Johnson? Here he comes. Mike, please take a seat. Mike Johnson from PW Insider, well, you know, has always been part of the TAS show, right? So, and when the TAS show was live daily, every day, with video and audio, Mike, every Tuesday, would Skype Jones, we'd Skype Big Mike in, Hello. And hello, Hi. and and Mike was always part of the show, and I always wanted. I, I never had a problem with Mike giving his opinions, coming on the show, giving some news, because well, I I don't respect a lot of people that kind of do what Mike does. Thank you. I <laughs> and, and no, I'm I'm gonna put you over, but that's why I, I and that sounds like a shitty thing to say, but. I don't respect it because some of it is bullshit what some of these people report. Uh, Where I could tell you that Dave Shearer and Mike Johnson, over the years, knowing these guys, it's not bullshit what they put out. So when I had the opportunity from CBS to do the Taz show, I wanted someone to provide news that was credible and that was legitimate. So you guys, as an audience, knew well, if Taz is in Dawson, this, that this is legitimate. And every time, Mike, you've been on my show up until now, you always, you know, so I want to thank you, always brought credibility and, and real stuff. So no, thank you. No,
1: thank you for that. I mean, I love wrestling. I want to write about it, and I want to treat, be respectful of the people that I'm writing about. You know, right. I think, you know, you're not above it. You're in the bubble. You want to be respectful. Sometimes you got to write negative things, and you, you got to say what you think, but right. you got to be respectful of everybody. Because one thing that gets lost in pop culture in general is, You see what you see on television or on Twitter or whatever, there's real people behind those personalities and those public personas, someone's going to read what you say, and they're going to go home, and they're going to take that to heart. Absolutely. And, it's you're gonna, and you know, there are things that have said about you over the years, and I know you still take it to heart. It, it, it happens. It yeah. happened to me more than once. Yeah. I mean, you people people were like, oh, Taz is such a pain in the butt in ECW. You still hear that today.
3: I, I do. And I was a pain in the ass in ECW, and I was a pain in the ass in WWE. I was a pain in the ass in TNA. I'm a pain in the ass with CBS. He was a pain in the ass when we were backstage, trust me. I was. And this is why, guys. Because I, I truly give a shit. I care. I care. I care. And and it's not some corny bullshit. For those of you that listen to me all the time, no. I'm, I'm as real as I can be. I've caught heat for being real. But I don't care. And I was always worried about you catching heat from doing other stuff with whoever. Let's say a WWE guest. Meanwhile, you're part of the Taz show. And I was worried about Mike Johnson getting heat. But Mike Johnson never cared. Mike Johnson wanted to bring his opinion to the Taz show, which I appreciate.
1: No, you invited me. We'd known each other from back in ECW days, back when I was working on the ECW website. You saved my life once in Allentown. I don't even know if you remember that. I don't remember that. I was invited backstage to meet, I think it was Todd. Todd Gordon invited me backstage. Todd Gordon. Perry Saturn locked eyes with me and was like, I don't know why he's back here. (laughs) I don't want him back here. And Perry just, in my face, "This this is not Perry Saturn today. This is Eliminators, Perry Saturn, all jacked up, pissed at the world. And he's, and he's like, you're leaving now. And I'm like, but I'm waiting for Todd. And Perry just seemed to get bigger and bigger and angrier and angrier. And you, <laughs> out of nowhere, jumped in between. And this is, you know, Taz, I'll choke you out, brother. All that facade disappeared. And you're like, bro, I understand, but you got to go. And you probably saved my life that day. I probably did. Uh, <laughs> probably
3: I probably don't even remember that, but you did. I don't remember that. You know, and back then in the ECW locker room, you know, uh, it was a very sacred ground, like, protected by the guys uh, of the locker room. And that's how it was. It's a different generation now, as we all know, right? Uh, But back then, and I do think some of that should come back, to be honest with you, but a guy like Perry and I, we were very similar. We were training partners. We traveled together. And, you know, when... um, Real quick story, When the um, I told this on a show way back when, when the Eliminators were being considered to be hired by Heyman, um, I remember seeing, it probably was a VHS tape of the Eliminators, I don't remember uh, who Cronus and, and Saturn were wrestling, and I remember calling Paul Heyman, and I said, listen, these fucking guys are unbelievable. Like, these guys need to be in the company, and this was before ECW was getting hot, and then Paul saw it, and he totally agreed. He's like, get them, get them to New York. They will live up in Boston. He goes, get them to New York. Somehow get them relocated." relocate. I go, relocate? I mean, what kind of money are you going to pay these guys? <laughs> you want them to relocate? Yeah, you know, and, then, and then I introduced myself and got a, a phone number on Perry Saturday and introduced myself. We had some mutual friends, and I helped them. Like, when I was getting a pretty big push at the time at ECW. And I remember going, uh, because we were going to open a wrestling school on Long Island. And I wanted Perry to work in the school with me because we had a similar vision and style. He brought a little bit more striking stuff where I brought more grappling. And I thought it would be a good hybrid mix for young wrestlers to learn at the house, the original, original House of Hardcore of ECW. And I remember that (laughs) calling all different real estate places on Long Island in New York to find an apartment for John Cronus and Perry Satter. Me, So, because they didn't know which way to go, and this was before the whole big internet craze you can go Google shit. So, uh, I would go and travel a different... Because I lived on Long Island then, I still live there now, and, and we were going to have the wrestling school in Suffolk County, in Deer Park, Long Island. So, uh, I, you know, a lot of people don't know that, but yeah, I did that and then found an apartment in, uh, coincidentally enough, in Hicksville, New York, which is where my guest later on, MJF, where he'll be here... And MJF broke into he broke into the business uh, you know in Hicksville as uh, so we'll get we'll, we'll let him tell that story later on but anyway so that's that's the backstory on Perry Saturn coming in but the locker room and Mike you know this because there were very few guys that were allowed in the locker room area yeah. I mean that if you didn't have a pair of boots and it didn't matter I mean unless you were someone's wife or husband or significant other there's a good chance you were gonna get a promo cut on you. By somebody
1: the first time I was inside the ECW locker room all I felt were eyes on me like yeah. no matter where I looked, no matter where I walked it was like okay I should not even though I was invited I was like all right I don't should not be back here and it was a long time before I was like okay I'll go back there again it wasn't yeah. until I was working for the company website later on that I was like all right I feel comfortable doing that
3: we used to get pissed when I say I don't want to name other names but I was one of the few guys that would get very pissed at Heyman because he was allowing guys like yourself initially guys like yourself and Dave Shearer to be, like, at the ECW Arena in Philadelphia, I refuse to call it that other name, whatever the hell it's called. To me, it's the ECW Arena. That's it. It, I'm with you on that. When I'm dead and buried, that place will still be called the ECW Arena. And uh, I remember (laughs) getting mad at Paul, like, why are you letting anyone, anyone near this locker room? Because a lot of us came up very old school. You know, we were old school type wrestlers, but yet with a new school feel. And... uh, you know, uh, I kind of see that a little bit of a comparison or similarity. I put something out on Twitter earlier today about AEW. So everybody's excited about AEW, right? Everybody's fired up about AEW. And you know, uh, I, I you know when I look at what a lot of these guys behind the scenes. And in front of the camera, doing guys like the Bucks, guys like Cody, and you know guys I respect, and, and, and CD, and all these guys, you know, the guys that have paid their dues and been successful, you know, Kenny Omega, all these guys, they're old school, but yet very new school, and it's really cool to see how they utilize social media in the buildup of what what they're doing tomorrow night here in Vegas and stuff at the big pay per view, and once you know the TV deal kicks in and all the success they're going to have. And it 's really cool, and I do see some similarities to ECW not not for me, Mike, not a ton, but I do see some
1: I, like stylistically what they 're yeah. going to do in the ring i don 't see i, I don 't expect to be blood and guts and also sorts to mayhem. I think there 'll be more of an edge than most pro wrestling has these days,, right. but that sort of sense and camaraderie like ECW was a fraternity when you saw ECW wrestlers coming into the building around town traveling. All they had on was ECW gear. It was like a sports team. Yeah. Like, I'm never, I'll never, i never forget the night you guys all went to the Manhattan Center in February 97. Here's ECW walking down the street of 34th Street in New York. Everybody's got their ECW jackets on, and everybody's walking like they've got a chip on their shoulder, ready to fight anybody that looks at them the wrong way. They look like the Warriors. You know, the old movie The Warriors looked like that. Like, they were all heading for the, to go meet Cyrus the Virus in the park in the Bronx. It, like, but I feel that same sort of, like... That same sort of pride and a chip on the shoulder with the AEW guys. And I don't think it's a bad thing. That's a good thing. There's no swagger in pro wrestling anymore. Right.
3: That's right. You know? Swagger's the word. Yeah. And just to go back in time again on ECW, like that time, I mean, I, I've mentioned this in the past. Like, and, and I hate to toot my own horn, but I got a toot toot. I, I kind of, <laughs> I got a toot toot here. I, I was the guy who was who said to Paul, listen, we should do this. Let's. And I got the idea from kind of what New Japan and Old Japan used to do. Where, you know, the talent, I know my time working for New Japan, the wrestlers would travel in sweatsuits from the company. And it felt, to your point, like a sports team. It felt different. And nobody was doing that in the United States. So everybody was just showing up in their jeans and their high-tech boots and and fanny packs with tank tops jacked up. You know, and I'm like, we need to have a better feel. We got a cool-ass logo with barbed wire on it with blood drip. Let's fucking put that on some sweatsuits and let's get rolling here get some we got varsity jackets like blacked out with black and red and and when we walked into that manhattan center i mean Heyman could tell the story better than me but i remember him telling me like vince mcmahon said to him like what the hell is going on here like your guys are coming in like they're going into like a shoot war like a battle and paul's like well they, they are you know they are and that's how they think and he, Vince was, like, super impressed by the sweatsuits, just the sweatsuits. He goes, we need to do that here. And then I said to Paul, oh, fuck, they're going to steal my gear. <laughs> now he's stealing your gimmick. <laughs> stealing my gimmick, they're hacking me. So even back then, they didn't do it. But anyway, that's the, the feel of, like, I think what we were going for, to have that, you know, and it was that fraternity.
1: And it was different from everything else in pro wrestling at that's the time. Right. And it's like, I walked around Vegas yesterday, I got here yesterday morning. AEW shirts, AEW jackets with fans all over the place, all up and down the Strip. And I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't seen that since, like, I'd walk around South <laughs> Philly. And uh, I'm like, there's there's something kind of cool about it. There's some connective tissue there. Right. And, you know, AEW, their their journey starts tomorrow. Their marathon starts when they show up on TNT. It's better for everybody who loves pro wrestling if it takes off like a rocket. But already, without even running the first show, people are living and dying, and, and they want to brand themselves as AEW fans.
3: To me, that's magnificent. I was in Manhattan, okay? I work in Manhattan. That's where I co-host my radio show, sports show. And I had a meeting later in the day, so I had to go back home to Long Island. Then I went back to Manhattan later in the afternoon. What is I,
1: wrong with you? Why would you do that? If you're not from New York, you don't understand. The Long Island Expressway ah, is a monster. Oh, you, why would you do that? You're that's mass. You're well, a masochist. I,
3: I, I know that was. It, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It kind of crazy. It sounds crazy for those that are like. Wait a minute. If they've never been there, like, why would you? It's basically driving from
1: Vegas to LA and back for no reason. Oh, because
3: I had a meeting. Like, I had too much gap after was, our show ends at 9 a.m. Eastern. So I had like a 2 p.m. meeting. What the fuck was I going to do in Manhattan? They came to my house. (laughs) So anyway, my point is, I saw not one, not two, three different people in three different areas, no lie, of Times Square. I was meeting somebody near Times Square with AEW shirts. And it
1: it wasn't like a wrestling event going on, just random fans. And I was like, wow
3: very impressive
1: there, there, there's I something mean, cultural going on you here know,
3: truth be told i saw a guy with a finn Balor wwe shirt on i saw that guy i saw a guy like that near penn station i did see a couple wwe shirts but you know um it's really cool to the point you're saying that it's like this movement and we you know in ecw as you know you know you were backstage a lot enough back then we had a movement and but our movement was driven a little different than what with, with, i think in my opinion what aew is doing you know they they obviously have much more resources than we had. You know, we we did not. We had like, you had no resources. We had no resources. So, and we we were really driven by. It was it was very angry. It was a lot of anger, a lot of rage. No bullshit. Like it was, we were we were angry. We were motivated by, you know, being the misfits, being the little engine that could. Most of us had dark matches over time from WCW or WWF or maybe worked for a short time, and were pissed. And Paul took that, and he knew how to motivate us and drink the Kool-Aid, as the cliche goes. But we were very driven, and I miss those times. I do. I think you could hear it in my podcast when I talk about ECW all the time. I'm very proud to be an ECW original. That's a very proud thing for me. Please sh- shut your phone, sir, please. Some professional. <laughs> Come on, what is that? What are we doing here? Come on, what's going on? We gotta, it's time I mean, for you. you know, Matt, just it, protect, it, it. This is church.
1: Someone's this getting. This is church. Someone's getting choked out.
3: It's all right. If you're gonna have your ring go off, it should go boom, 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 boom. Then I'll be all right. <laughs> It's funny, I was walking backstage to come, to get entered entered here, and they had this little truck back here, like, and it was backing up, going, meh, 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 I said to my friend Robbie, oh my god, they got my music. There you go.
1: (laughs) He's Robbie the Viking, right? I saw him walking around. Yeah, the Vikings here. I saw him walking around. Former producer of the
3: Tash show, one of 25. Um, (laughs) Can't get rid of any of those guys. They just keep showing up. They just, yeah, the the producers of the Tash show, just, it's just, they just keep, I, got, I do have to ask twice. you, how many of those
1: producers have you just murdered? Because there's Five. been like 25 of them.
3: Five of them. No, no. None of them. Uh, the captain I've spoke to, you guys remember the captain, right? Yeah. yeah, right? The captain I spoke to, he's living by yes. He's living in Seattle somewhere on a, like a houseboat. I don't know what he's doing. Um, <laughs> Dennis Jones has just disappeared.
1: I think you murdered him. I did not murder him. He, De- no, no, no. Let's tell the truth. Dennis Jones just disappeared in the middle of the night and no one ever heard from him ever again. Robbie, and you know you that's here? the truth. Robbie? Robbie, you here? He's got to be in here somewhere. Is Dennis alive? No. See, I, I, I don't report
3: false news. I know. <laughs> no, but anyway. No, back, real quick. Just one more thing about the ECW deal, like the locker room. Like, and I, you know, I had a pretty bad reputation back then. Like,. <laughs> Wasn't that funny? um, (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Time out. Let's explain this. I did. If you don't believe me, you could go
1: on YouTube and watch all the shoot interviews. Everybody complained about you.
3: And if
1: it's a shoot interview, it's it's all true. You guys know that. You know I love you. You know I I have all the respect in the world for you. Everybody, everybody complained about you back then. Why do you think, well, let me ask you this. I, I don't want to flip it on you to your show. Why do you think that was? You think you were just so driven and you were just so angry to make it that you didn't mean to do it or they were so driven that you were in their
3: lane? It wasn't their fault. It was my fault. I, it was a couple of things. I was getting a big push and I'd never received a push like that. And I, I wasn't mature enough. I was mature enough in age. I don't know. I was probably 20, seven years old, whatever I was, I could be off a year or two, I wasn't mature enough uh, to handle the push, so I got very protective of the push. Listen, I'm not bullshitting you, ladies and gentlemen. I was told a bulk of my career, like a lot of men and women who make it in the business, you're never going to make it. I was told that, like, I came up during the era of the big man, you know, during the the giant guys in WWE, you know? I mean, it's like... uh, I was told, you're never gonna make it. And like a lot of men and women do, not just in sports or wrestling in life, they're like, well, watch me, I'm going to make it. That was me, so I had a gigantic chip on my shoulder, like gigantic, with a lot of immaturity because I was bitter at everybody, even the ones around me that were on the same team as me. And I was very protective of my spot and I, didn't bury no one. I, I, I over time. I had the political power if I wanted to bury someone I could I, To be honest, I didn't believe in that. I didn't do that. No one could ever say I did that Was I a hard-ass backstage? Yes. Did I keep to myself? Yes um, Did I uh, Did I You know uh, Come off with a, a, a very non-approachable Demeanor? Absolutely. Because when I left my house to get on a plane, I became the human suplex machine. And that's, I'm not putting it over. No, that is, I would see you on the
1: Jersey Turnpike heading to Philly, and he would be, he would be, he would. this would not be him. He'd be complete Taz, you don't, without the towel over his head. Yeah, I would be like, hey, Taz, how you doing? Yeah, what's up, bro? Just
3: march on in. Like, i completely did, no, in the stride. I didn't know any other way. I didn't know how to do it. Like, I, I, a lot of guys, like, you know, I remember, like, Tommy Dreamer, seeing Tommy, you know, the innovator of violence and all the, the great and crazy stuff he did in ECW. And, and he would be the most chill guy, and everyone loved him backstage, and he'd go through that curtain and t- turn into a maniac. He had the ability to turn the switch on and off. Uh, Terry Funk, same way. I mean, I, I didn't have that ability. Like, I didn't... I don't know if it was ability or maturity. I don't know what it was, but... So, those guys... Now, the thing, I have a problem with some of the, like, the shoot interview shit, whatever. If you're still in a, if you're producing a shoot interview, and you want to have someone bury a guy from 20-something years ago, then you need to find a new fucking line of work. That's the first thing, um, really. I, 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 I don't, um, I don't like when people lie on those things, and that's the thing. I never said to someone, and I'm not going to name the guy's name, Somebody said, well, I asked, he bullied me, I asked for his help, he told me, get the fuck out of here. That's a complete lie. I never, ever told, any, I would never do that to any guy that was newer in the company. Never did that. Were there a lot of us that were hard asses with those guys? Not just me, yeah, there were. But I never, would, I never did that. I also, um, some people think Urban Legend is, in the ECW locker room, Team Taz would surround Taz in the corner <laughs> while he's getting dressed, and no one was able to come talk to him about their match. That's not true. That never happened. <laughs> the only time Team Taz and Taz got together was when we went through the curtain. Team Taz was a lot of members of the House of Hardcore. Yeah, but Danny that, Doring,
1: Roadkill, yeah, Roadkill Chris, Chetty. Chris Chetty, yeah.
3: Tom Marquez, like.
1: So that uh, that, I love Tom that was Marquez. not yes, yes. Tom Marquez is one of the greatest mysteries of ECW. He just disappeared. He did disappear. He was a nice and, kid. And, and this is true. He, I, I actually like Google searched him, and he lives in my parents' neighborhood. And every time I go visit my parents, I go by the house that is allegedly his, and I knock on the door and they never answer. Like, because I mean, you you put his head through a wall, right? I, yeah, well, somebody I, put his head through a wall I allegedly. Did. I, did. I, think I did. of limitations I have did. expired. It was at,
3: but it was during training, so it's okay, right? It was. <laughs> It was during, it was in judges hundreds. will forgive it. Well, no, he was he had a little amateur wrestling background, and then you know the, the younger students there were egging him on, and I was working out with them on the mat, and then he tried to do some stuff, and then I did something back, and then he went through the wall. And then he did st- and, and and that's a true story. Now now here's why I love Tom Marquez. He's Head first. He uh, went uh, right uh, and, and
1: correct me if I'm wrong. I wasn't he there. He slipped. he slipped. He slipped. He'd correct me if I'm wrong, because this is the version that I've heard. He got up all angry and in a huff just disappeared. And everyone was like, oh, we're never going to see him again. And then the next day he showed up for training like nothing ever happened and got back in the ring and started working out.
3: True story. That's. A true I respect story. that. He did. No, and, I, and most of you guys probably don't even know who we're talking about, right? He, the, he wrestled as a prodigy in ECW. Right, yeah. Tom Marquez. Nice kid. but Well, he's not a kid anymore. But, yeah. So If anybody's up, seen
1: him, we're looking for him. So
3: I guess that doesn't help my conversation about my reputation. I'm putting guys we, to the walls. You all know God. what? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to tell the truth there. Ah. All right, guys. Well, you know, I really appreciate you guys downloading this special live edition of the Taz Show uh, that basically happened the weekend going into Memorial Day, uh, f- live from Las Vegas at StarCast 2, and it was it was a blast. And I love that you guys downloaded it, and guess what you love? You love when I have a deal for you, and oh, buddy, you know I got a good deal for you. Look, it's summertime, and there's nothing more annoying than uh, when you're eating too much and it's like really hot out and you can't like buckle your pants that's annoying we know that right <laughs> but what also is annoying when flies and the insects are invading your home and they're all over the place or anywhere near food or whatever and you know, who knows where those flies will last that fly that just landed on your hot dog or your hamburger well that thing could have been anywhere from another piece of food or well you know take a guess somewhere disgusting so you know. Y- I'd like to personally thank the sponsors of Dynatrap. Something that my home has had the past couple of years, indoor and outdoor. Uh, and I want to talk about is the uh, Dynatrap Fly Light. Dynatrap is the leading manufacturer of outdoor mosquito and insect traps. And now they come up with a solution for indoor pests. And that's the Dynatrap Flylight. The Dynatrap Fly Light works day or night to attract and trap flies, fruit flies, mosquitoes, and other pesky insects. And I got to tell you, it really works. Forget about those disgusting fly strips. You don't need that. Okay, and this thing's quiet. It's a beautiful nightlight, and everything. You just plug it in the wall, and it's unbelievable. Get yours at That's Dynatrap.com. That's D Y N A T R A P.com. Enter the promo code T A Z, and receive fifteen percent off their products. Dynatrap, the safe, silent and simple solution to household insect control. I do have a question for you. Something about uh, how driven
1: you were and the chip on your shoulder. I want to play psychiatrist like for a second. How much of that because the push came after this? How much of that dr- being that driven came from the fact that you broke your neck and came back from it? And because that's got to be a life-changing scary experience.
3: That was gigantic. In 1995, and I've told the story a lot, I, I just got back from my honeymoon. My wife and I were, you know, we were newlyweds and weren't, did not have a lot of money at all. I mean, you know, neither of us grew up with much of anything, and we were two city kids, you know. And um, so I was making decent money at that time with ECW, I mean, good enough for us to pay our rent and shit like that. And then I broke my neck in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, most of you guys know the story. It was a tag team match with me and the late great Eddie Guerrero was my partner. And we wrestled Dean Malenko and Two Cold Scorpio. And it was a spike pile driver, not their fault, my fault. I took a bad bump and I landed on my forehead and my spine supined and I broke my neck. And uh, I, my main concern was I couldn't really move was finishing the match. I couldn't finish the match. and. Thank God for Eddie Guerrero because Eddie just called an Audible and he and Scorpio and uh, Milenko had a great match. I'm like, wow, it's kind of good. I'm at this match. This match might have sucked with me in it, right? <laughs> it's a pretty good match. I laid on the apron where I felt like someone injected concrete in my neck. I had, had so much pain, I couldn't move. And I'm watching the match and I'm trying to think, how do I get back in the ring? Because I, I, I want to do this high spot. Because I, 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 your mind is ready to go, but your body can't. It really sucked. But, to answer your question, long story long, nine months of being out, nobody contacted me. Like, no fans, like there was no fan mail, like to the ECW office in Philly. No one gave a shit. Paul Heyman would basically, was like my psychiatrist weekly on the phone. He was the only guy. And maybe a couple of the other guys would check on me, wrestlers. But I meant like, Fans or people who worked for the company, nobody cared, and I was so insulted by that. Like I was like, "Cause look, I have a, you know, I consider myself when I was in my prom, I was a pretty tough guy, and I've done a lot of things in my career before I was a wrestler in my athletic life, and I and I, I could take physical punishment, um, but yet I do wear my emotions on my sleeve. I'm a pretty emotional guy. I'm a sensitive guy. I'm a man enough to admit that. I don't give a shit if anybody has a problem. Would have come up here and tell me exactly." So, <laughs> I'm joking around. But anyway, I'm an emotional Mad guy. <laughs> My point is I'm emotional. So, I got offended that nobody gave a shit that I was hurt. And I remember I was getting ready to come right back. So Paul's like, we're going to bring you back. Come bring, bring you in as a baby face. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I didn't give a shit if it was a baby face or a heel. And I remember going off on the phone. Just going off on Paul Heyman. Not really at him. At the fans and people in the company. And I just went off. that no, Not one card. Not one letter. Not one... And it was silent. And Paul was very rarely silent on the phone, as you guys can imagine. (laughs) He's very rarely silent, nevertheless on the phone. And it was silent, and I go, hello? And he goes, that's your promo. you got to come back as a heel. I go, what are you talking about? That's my promo. That's your promo. That emotion. That what you just said. And I I was like, yeah, really? I'm just telling you how I feel. I'm fucking mad. He goes, Taz, that's what you have to do. We'll figure out the logistics of it. That's going to drive you, and that was the promo when with Fonzie and
1: November to Remember '95.
3: That's what it was. I don't remember the show. Uh, I, that, the I assure you, that, that was, the was show. Too tight. That was too tight. The ref shirt. They had a lodge. I'm like, I don't fit in lodges. And Mick Foley made fun of me because the shirt was too tight. Like, thanks, Mick. At least they have vertical stripes. But anyway, um, <laughs> no. But that 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 promo was like the catalyst in, to kind of drive. That started the path of rage. And it did make me bitter, the the injury, a little bit, because I was, I was scared. I I didn't know if I was going to take a bump and, and lose feeling of my legs. I remember my first match back. Um, That's a Jason match? I think it was. Yes, it was Jason. Jason and Knight. Jason Knight. And I came back a little too early, and I remember being in the hotel after it, and I was in so much pain, man. Everything just tightened up. My whole shoulder griddle, my neck, everything. I was in, and I had, was icing myself down. Remember Andy, uh, oh, um, uh, from Baltimore. Andy Weinberg? Yeah, Andy
1: Weinberg. That is his, I'm, I was trying to remember his name, Andy Weinberg. He was the
3: timekeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy was in the same hotel as me. And I knew it. And I called him. I knew his room numbers. He was two rooms. I said, Andy, I need, can you help me? I need some ice or something. I can't move. And he hooked me up, he brought a bunch of ice to me and from the hotel thing, man, and, and, I, and I was terrified. I thought my career was over
1: after that thing. He's still Jason. around in the business. He manages uh, an MCW in Maryland. He's still oh, around, really? yeah. Oh, with uh, oh, yeah. Dan. Yeah, with
3: yeah, you know, Dan McDivitt, yeah. Nice. yeah he's running around here somewhere, yeah. And he's a good guy. But anyway, I, uh, so coming back early like that, I thought I was done. I really thought I was done, and then rehabbed a little more, and then wrestled Hack Myers, the, the late Hack Myers. I loved Hack. And, um, and I said to Hack before the match, and I had to, like, eat him up, like, squash him. And this is, like, pulling the curtain back a lot for you guys. I'm like, Hack, you got to help me. I'm scared. He goes, you're scared? You're going to eat me up. I go, dude, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to feel. And every move that went by, he, he took care of me in the ring, and, and I got more confident in that match during that match that's what happens with wrestlers when you come back from injury it literally happens move to move to move as and you have you have to have a good dance partner and and it wasn't a big deal no one cared but it was me and hack Myers, and hack got me through that match and that helped build my confidence why is that noise like is there something else going on during the Taz show I I, it's
1: the sound effect office next door
3: who He's Eric. still around.
1: I, I, apparently. <laughs> it, maybe it's, Dennis, it's the Dennis Jones convention. What's it like? You know what I got? <laughs> no, I, I like Eric. I'm busting shots. I do, Eric. too. I do like Eric. Um, what, what's it like? I, I feel like I'm interviewing you now, so I'm That's sorry. That's okay. Uh-huh. What is it like when you got to take that first bump after you break your neck? Like, I can't imagine how long it felt. It must have been an eternity between taking the bump and it's, hitting the mat.
3: It's terrifying. I, again, I hope this, story, this story's not boring you here, but that I, night that day, I, was, I, I think that match with Hack was the ECW Arena. I think it was. And I remember watching some of the guys working out in the ring beforehand. And Paul was like, go in the ring, work out. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Like, I, I would always go in the ring or whatever. I didn't want to go in the ring. And I, I, I'm watching guys take simple snapmares. Like, reverse a, reverse a hammerlock, boom, snapmare. Simple chain wrestling exchange. The snapmare to me look like someone fell off a scaffold. I'm not bullshitting, I'm being, from the bottom of my heart, that's how nervous I was. Because, you know, we didn't have, like talking about resources, we didn't have, like, these great medical teams, we didn't have, like, I didn't have the money or the insurance to go to really, I knew somebody that was involved with the New York Islanders, and I ended up rehabbing where the Islanders rehabbed in a hospital called Mercy Hospital, in Rockville Center, New York, in Nassau County. And so it was me and a bunch of Russian hockey players. Yeah. Sounds like a sitcom. It really was. And these guys, they didn't know what I was or what I did. They knew I wasn't a hockey player. That I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and I stopped to get to know they spoke very limited English. Or at least they act like they didn't speak English. And that's where I spent a lot of my rehab. And, but it, it I was like last man on the rehab pole because... They were just doing me a favor. They were worried about getting these guys back on the ice to win games. They won't worry about me. So the rehab wasn't great. So I wasn't too confident when I got back. But watching just someone in the ring working out, like his name escapes me, just take a snapmare. I didn't tell anyone. I'm like, damn, I am, oh, come on. No, so anyway, I was like, you got to be kidding me. I, what am I going to do here? <laughs> I was terrified. It worked out. Um, but that the neck injury, I think, added a little bit to my anger, but uh, like backstage or my demeanor backstage. It was more of the immaturity thing. It was more of protective of my thing. I, listen, I speak glowingly of all those guys that I shared a locker room with. I don't know if they all speak glowingly of me, um, and that's okay, I understand that. A lot of them, you know, wrestlers sometimes don't forgive. And I understand, I don't know a lot about a lot of things, but I know how wrestlers think. And I understand that, and I made my bed, and, and I didn't, but I didn't fuck nobody over, okay? Um, and I know, I just took my job very serious. I took my position very serious. And if I had to do it all over again, I would handle it a little bit different, but I still would take my positions very serious. Hence why would, now fast forward in my life with the Taz show, we joke around a lot about all the different producers, but that's why anybody that's around me, I put a lot of pressure on myself and around anybody that's working with me, I put pressure on them too. You know, and I think that's how I was able to work for Vince McMahon so long, because Vince just, you know, Vince will put some pressure on you, you know what I mean? And, 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 and rightfully so, you're making a lot of money, you should have pressure on you. But, you know, so I was able to understand that, because I, he, he took pride, Vince, and still does, in his company and, and the millions that, that he, wrist and put in Wrestlemania 1, and you guys know the story. So I understood Vince McMahon, how, and now, like years later, once I got the Taz show, I really understood to a lower degree than what Vince has, obviously, but I really understood why he was so tough on like me and Michael Cole, or on JR and King, you know, because we were the announce teams. And for those of you that don't know, and a lot of you might not, that's not to be condescending or insulting, but, and I'll barb and argue with anybody here or backstage or anybody in any of these wrestling companies worldwide. There, once the show starts, besides the action in the ring, the most important people on a professional wrestling show that's a televised event are the announcers. And I learned that rapidly from Vince McMahon, directly from Vince McMahon's mouth and and i understood why cuz he explained it you see the play by play and color commentator they are the last line the last voice to hook you the customer that's the last line the match could be great the match could suck the promos could be great the promo could be suck could suck the play by play and color can make up for all of that to keep you hooked to when it was about buying pay per views well in this case with AEW it is but that that's the key and you learn that I learned that from Vince right away and that's why you know everybody knows it's no secret Vince McMahon is in the announcer's ear he's in the grilla position and it's I'm not pulling back the curtain everybody knows this he's in their ear not every word not every second not every segment he's in your ear because he knows. He knows and he, <laughs> that you are the last voice to keep the customer coming back. And I don't wanna sound crass, I'm not trying to sound rude, but it's just business and that, that's a fact, you know? And you have to do it as a color commentator or a play-by-play guy. It's the hardest job in the business. I mean, I, I've, I've worked in every facet of the game and I'm not bragging, I'm just being honest. And I gotta tell you, when I made my transition, to the announce booth, it was so hard. It was really, really hard talking and having to gift a gab. That was not hard, but the <laughs> the way to sell without shilling, the way to sell without coming off as just company job boy. You know, it, it, there's a fine line. It's really hard, and I'm sure in my years as a SmackDown color commentator and Cole as a play-by-play guy, there were probably more than once that we did come off like we were shilling. I mean, because we weren't perfect, but and it'll 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 keep happening in all these wrestling companies where they renounce talent. It's very important. And here's the thing: I'm not too sure if some of maybe the newer feel of pro wrestling. I don't know if say it's the wrong way but I don't know if people really understand people in power if they really understand how not important the announcing is how vital the announcing is it's vital you know and some might say well wait Taz." I remember you and TNA and you were aces and eights and you were just burying Michael Cole burying everybody yes I was Eric Bischoff was in charge of stuff then he could tell you and I was doing my job one. Two, what I also was doing, I still was getting guys over verbally. But I, ha- I was a heel persona besides being a color commentator. So I will defend that. But I still was getting over the angles. I still was getting over the storylines. And I was still, Mike today and I were getting each other over. Mike loved when I was doing that character. We had a blast. But I'm just telling you, like, you know, if you really, really want to take pride in being an educated wrestling fan, and both of you guys are. You know, really pay attention to the announcing, because there is that fine line, and the guys that are really good at it, you know, deserve a lot of credit, because it's that fine line which is difficult from being a shill to being just sounding conversational and promoting things, you know, and and that's how it's got to come off. And here's the other thing, too, real quick on this. It happens in, I don't know, SmackDown, or a Raw match, for argument's sake, six to seven minute segment, hypothetically. So you got to get over the storyline, each talent, the baby face and the heel, the angle that they're in, if they're in an angle together, unless they're in separate angles with separate guys, and an upcoming pay-per-view, and do it after the ring announcements. <laughs> you got four minutes to play with. And don't sound like you're rushing through it. Or your ass will be in Vince's office at the end of the show. It's happened to me a couple times—maybe five or six, maybe eight, uh, whatever. <laughs> My point is, it's—you don't have a lot of time to get things over. The longer matches, listen, I'll give you a look. look. Okay, the better the talent, like okay, I've had the opportunity to call Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle matches. You guys remember these matches, right? You should all clap because they were amazing. And I could tell you this: those matches are the easiest matches to call. The better the match, the easier it is. Because it's just, you're just lightly narrating what's going on, and you don't need to say much. The matches that suck, that's when you earn your money. Yeah, so like when they did the rebirth of ECW and me and Joey Styles were doing it, we earned our money, (laughs) big time. So, (laughs) and like when I was working with Mike Adamley, I earn my money <laughs> and I personally love Mike but good lord he is not a wrestling play-by-play guy but anyway I digress but yeah so the announcing to me I'm very um, I'm very uh, dialed in to the announcing and as a sportscaster and radio sports host and a sports fan I'm the same way with that I watch sports and I listen to play-by-play in color and I, you know, I'm, I'm a snob when it comes to that stuff. You know, I really am. So, I, look, I'm not saying you guys need to be like that. Enjoy the matches, you know, don't. But I guess because they're doing it so long, like, to me, I understood how important it was, you know.
1: Yeah, but when you think about it, the best announcers were the announcers that when you were watching them, especially when you were young, you felt like you were watching your friends, like Gordon Soli, Bob Coddle, oh, Jim Ross, Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Dude, Heenan. Bob Coddle, How underrated was Bob Cottle? Bob is one of the best announcers of all
3: time. Dude, you guys remember love Bob Cottle? Cottle. Dude. Tony Schiavone, like, I met Schiavone once, and and, then, and this was the second time today, literally for like three minutes. I met Tony. I was a huge fan of Tony's work. He was great. And I met Tony, I just, he remembered it too, and I remember, um, I, I remember meeting him, I told him just now, at WWF New York, Michael Cole and I were calling heat, uh, live, and Tony was in town doing something for his daughter, um, and it was probably 2001. And he came backstage, and someone said, yeah, Tony Schiavone's here. Just come and say hello. And I was like, I didn't usually mock out to meet many people. Like, I really didn't give a shit about anybody. Like, I kind of, that, you know, disposition I had that we talked about. Um, <laughs> I'm like, whoa, oh, Tony Giovanni, I got to meet Tony Giovanni. I love Tony Giovanni. And he was the nicest guy, and I just met him now again, so... It's kind of crazy. I don't know why I brought up Tony Schiavone, but I just... Because I oh, Bob Cottle. Bob Coddle. Yeah. Mean, the first like,
1: time I met Bob Cottle, I was, like, literally nervous. I never met him. Oh, uh, he's the nicest man. He really, And his wife's amazing, too. They're, like, the nicest... They, Bob Cottle and his wife are, like, the, like, almost, like, you know, like you see, like, the elderly couple walking in the park, and they're feeding the birds, and they just seem like the nicest people? That's Bob Cottle and his wife. I think I've met him, like, four or five times over the years, traveling to, like, different conventions and covering things. The nicest guy, one of the best interviews I ever had. And, like, the, I, this is crazy. He was, like, a children's talk show host when he started with, like, puppets and stuff before he got into you sports know, I casting. I think I heard and that really, story from yeah, somebody. Like, yeah, he, had, yeah. like, he had, like, Chauncey a dog, like a dog puppet, and that's how he got in the I TV love puppets. business. puppets. <laughs> <laughs> We got to get you one. You can be like, maybe we can get like Bray Wyatt's little puppy, You little can be your friend. Yeah, Fucking gimmick
3: over here. Guys, I really love that you guys have downloaded this special edition of this live Taz show from Las Vegas at StarCast2. Uh, and listen, uh, look, it, it's I, I got to get serious what you hear for a second, okay? So, Nitz's Click It or ticket campaign, as you guys know, I'm a big believer in it because it's a lifesaver. Okay, it really is when you're not wearing your seatbelt, you are risking serious injury or death guys and that's the truth Okay, and there's no good excuse not to wear A seatbelt for not buckling up no matter how far you're driving whether you think it's uncomfortable I'm just going a couple of blocks. Hey, I live right near here. Oh, hey, I just forgot Uh-uh not good always buckle up cops are stepping up enforcement guys and they're writing tickets So don't take the risk don't okay and and listen buckle up buckle up when you get in the car It's the first thing you gotta do just it should be muscle memory after After doing it every day. that's it is for me I just get in a car no matter from the Passenger in the back seat, or I'm usually driving and I buckle up right away I just make sure I put it on okay it can save your life I'm telling you right Now so uh, and, and buckle up what you love and, and that means Friends family and of course yourself be smart guys Wear a seatbelt, click it or tick it. Mercy the where's the mercy? Right, Listen, enough about to... you, Mike Johnson, putting yourself over, okay? People are sick of hearing you put yourself over out of here. <laughs> enough try. about me putting myself over. Let's bring out a young man who's mastered putting himself over. <laughs> a guy that I feel is doesn't have just a good upside in the history, uh, in the business, I should say. He's got a great upside. Special guest right here on the Taz Show, MJF, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Chop, chop, fatty, chop, chop, come on. You're doing good, come on. Sit down, you're embarrassing yourself. Go, sit down. Yeah, when? Crime me a river, okay Vegas? Okay, Chubby Checkers, just sit the uh, easel whoa, right whoa, there. Bro, 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 wait a minute, what do you got, a little hey, picture of yourself? Taz, come on, g- give me one second here. Okay, buddy, I know you're not that bright, and then you put it on the easel. Come on, you're doing great. All right, now just stand right there, okay? Great job. Wow. Guys, look, we got fatter Chevy Chase. <laughs> Very good stuff. So- What's going on, buddy? <laughs> Guys, Taz, you ever hear of him? Big deal. Come on, give it up for Taz. All right, now give it up for me, mainly me. May- I said, give it up for me. All right. little hard of
3: hearing here in Vegas. Shocker. Taz, right. how we doing, bro? Good, man. It's, listen, it's great to have you here. And, you know, I, I didn't know, like, I know, like, they had you banned from the star casting. And I don't really give a rat's ass about Conrad. Sure. And his whole world. Yeah, turkey you know, tits. Right. Conrad all, tits. His subtle, uh, all his subtle. Uh, all his minions that run around with him. I don't care. Yep. I care about one thing, me. There we okay, go. That's it's it. it. We're New Yorkers, you can relate. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I feel, what's the best thing? Uh oh. You're not
2: supposed to be here. Excuse me? You're supposed to leave. Okay, pal, so here's the thing. Here's what we're going to do. Everybody, calm down. Whoa, 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 buddy, buddy. Exclusively, I am allowed to do the Taz show. When this is over, I promise to you, I promise to all of these, you know, white trash and bread Hicks, that I will leave the stage. When we are done. And that's how it goes. I don't care what Conrad
3: said. He's my guest. Get off the fucking stage. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know what, Tez? Um, I, I apologize you. for No, that. don't worry about it. Don't worry about See, it. See, I'm not loved by this Conrad people, his staff. People think it's a work. It's not. He hates me, Conrad. Really? Yeah. He hates you, too. He hates you more than me, though. Well... You know, it's you a New York
2: do? thing, bro. He's from Alabama. Everybody's jealous of us, you know? All these hicks from the sticks, they just don't get it. Well,
3: some of the sticks are all right. Some of the hicks are all right. Not all of them. You're going to bury all of them? I've not seen anybody in the crowd I like that's Bobby right, Eaton, but...
1: well, Mike... I like Bobby Eaton. He's from Huntsville, Alabama. Mike's a New Yorker. He looks like he's not from New York. Yeah. <laughs> I tried very hard.
2: <laughs> Mike, I'm, I'm proud of you. It looks like you lost some chins.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Are, are you going to do your Chris Candido impression No now? No, 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 no.
3: Not today. Not today. Anyway, so welcome to the show, M.G.F. This is going smooth. So, listen, bro, look, all the aside, you're doing good stuff. I'm very proud of you. You're only, you're only rocking and rolling not long in the industry. You've made a lot. I don't remember the last time I've seen someone this quick make this, have this amount of gains. Mike, you agree with that?
1: I totally agree. He's a, from the first time I saw him, I knew he was a star. And yeah. it was even before the bell rang. It was just the way he carried himself walking out. And I, even though he just insulted me, every time I've interviewed him, I've been amazed at the way he's been able to integrate who he wants to be presented as into anything that is asked of him. He, he In my opinion, he has a better understanding of who he wants to be as a personality on camera than 99% of any wrestler on the independent
3: scene. Oh, well said. You're welcome. That's right. See, now normally... A young wrestler would say to Mike, thank you. And that's not MJF. MJF gives you, you're welcome. Yeah. I like that. That's the swagger we were talking that's about. Swagger. See, that's the swagger that's needed. It's a New York flavor. Right, and now, look, so I talked earlier about, I gave some history about like, ECW Eliminators and Hicksville, like Hicksville, New York, speaking of Hicks. And, right, so uh, you came out of a really good school. I want you to plug it for these guys. So I respect what Hawks these guys are doing. Talk about that a little bit, about your time there. Absolutely.
2: Um Kurt Hawkins and Pat Buck, if it wasn't for them, I would not be in the position I'm here today. Uh, as fast, as fast. Come on, guys. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. They're good, they're good people. They're good guys. Uh Kurt Hawkins, right now, I don't know if you guys are aware. Currently a world tag team champion. And uh Pat Buck is currently killing it on the independent scenes. Um he's actually He's got a lot of hats in wrestling. A lot of people don't realize that He's a promoter. He actually helps out a lot at uh, Impact. Uh, uh, I, I, I mean, I think Wrestle he's... WrestlePro is Wrestle his pro, promotion. Yeah. And uh, then there's abs- actually Cap. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize this about me. Uh, very much like you, bl- Bled ECW, I Bleed Creative Pro. And here's a little Taz Show exclusive there. Ooh. Yeah. There you go. Oh, there
3: oh, you nice you an- ink. That's the real there deal. Huh? It's not a gimmick. That's a, work, a real thing. It tattoo. might be a henna tattoo, but we'll talk about that <laughs> later. Um, I got Atlantic City on the boardwalk. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Right. So don't worry about it. Just nobody come around with me with water. No, dude, I, like I that. respect that. That that's you know do something like that. That means you really have pride yeah, in where absolutely. you came from. Absolutely. And you should because they're doing a great job there. I, you know I've yet to go into that school, uh, and I don't live far from there. And I need to swing by there one day. Maybe you and I together go one one day. You introduce yeah, me to someone. You roll around a little bit if you want. You want to roll around me?
2: Not too long, but uh, we uh, roll. I mean, around. I mean I'm washed up, but yeah, I can yeah. still roll around so. a
3: little bit. Thirty seconds You might blow me up, though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old man. Don't pick That's an old stuff. Guys. Yeah, no, you look good for 85, though. I'm uh, no, 75. Sorry, sorry, 75. Sorry, sorry. Okay, relax. Not 85. 75. Yeah. But anyway, no, listen. You, you're doing you're doing excellent stuff, and now this uh, being that you're with AEW and what you're doing, it, I mean, this has got to be put put everything aside for a second. I mean, you, you got to be excited about this, dude, because you're a perfect fit for what they're doing. I really believe that creatively, and I think with the the powers that be behind the scenes in AEW, they get what, what and who MJF is. I, I'm, I'm sure you feel that. Yeah, I, I really do. I,
2: I feel the support. You know, uh, TK, don't know if you guys heard of him, Tony Khan, my boss, no big deal. Uh, okay. we're, we're pretty much best friends. Yeah, TK. give it up for TK. Yeah. yeah. gonna clap for anybody wait who's got a bigger private jet you or tk we argue about this all the time (laughs) i don't look i'm not gonna bury my boss he kind of pays me but uh my jet um and then there's obviously cody the roller coaster my other best friend these these two guys they get me better than anybody else um they understand please don't interrupt me ever okay pal i'll spit on you um
3: it's actually a good point yeah
2: they, they get me, they understand what I'm doing and, it, and it's interesting you bring up uh, w- when I go through the curtain, I'm able to, to show the audience exactly who I am, it, it's not a stretch for me because this is me 24-7, I, I really just truly am better than everybody here um, and, and, and I, don't, I don't mean that as a slight, you know, I'm sure you guys are all great people, but um, it, it's, it's just some people are just born different, right, right. and by different I mean you know, better right.
3: Just above everyone. Yeah, just, you know. If anybody gets it, it's you, Taz. Well, brother, I understand. I do. Uh, The thing is, though, you... In the ring, okay, your intensity's there, which I respect. That's one of the first things, as you know, you look for in a young wrestler, male, female, old wrestler, the intensity, your intensity's there. Look, we understand the character of MJF, and it's not a character, and you just laid that out. And, dude, that is so important, because I, I could tell you like I, and you've heard this expression and you understand it for those that play wrestler you're not going to be successful no. you got to live the role you <laughs> know now you might catch heat trust me Who cares? I did yeah but, no you're gonna dude listen years from now there's gonna be tons of shoot interviews on you <laughs> Can't wait! You're gonna, gonna be the next Taz. Yeah, there you go.
2: But, but I'm gonna be eating popcorn, watching them, you know, right. in a mansion. So it you and really TK matter. just in big yeah, me and TK just
3: hanging out, eating some uh, cheese platters. No, look uh, okay, inside. You don't play wrestler, and that's I think the audience, the fans, they feel that from you, that you're you're real. You know, you're, you're living the gimmick, but it's not a gimmick. And yeah. and that's, dude, don't stop that. That's everything. And some of the. Guys and girls in the locker room might be pissed at you because they can't do it, or they don't choose to do it.
2: Yeah, Be you. Do yeah, you. jealousy sucks. I mean, that's why these people booed me when I came out here. No, duh. Uh, but but here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> here's the thing, right? I've been doing this for about three and a half years coming up on four. And I can tell you, if there's one thing that I noticed right away is I would go to these shows. This was uh, even, even before I got a chance to go in the ring. And I would watch these guys from my generation, and I just hated it. They were just going out there kind of like just almost like trying to show off almost like okay who, who can out athletic the other guy right, right, right. who who can out like showmanship the other guy that's not wrestling to me that's not what I love about professional wrestling what I love about professional wrestling is is winning mm. I don't I don't care what any of these people think. I don't need to bust out a cool move to get you people invested. Just by me coming out that curtain, you don't go to the edge of your seat, you fall off. That, that's, that's, to me, that's what a star is. That's what Roddy Piper was. That's what Chris Candido was. That's what Taz was. That's, that's what uh, Buddy Landell was. Yeah. I mean, these are all the guys that well, I, I watch.
3: You know, these, let me interrupt you. You mentioned Chris Candido and was a dear friend of mine you know, for a lot of years, and I miss Chris. And uh, I wrestled him a whole bunch for years back before ECW. And it never clicked to me until you said his name. I, different gimmicks, but I could see <laughs> a little bit of Candido in the MJF. Sure, sure. And that's a compliment. I uh, really appreciate that. And, Chris and was underratedly great, and yeah. that's a fact. Oh, one of the best. <laughs> underratedly great. Yeah.
2: One of the best. And, and it's funny you mention that because this guy actually, uh, the first time I had met him, he had told me that. Uh, pretty much right off. The I think it's the first thing
1: I ever said to you. Yeah,
2: literally. I said, I, I said, really? We were, we, we were talking
1: backstage at the show, and I said, "I said you have to be a Chris Candido fan because you just remind me so much of Chris Candido—just the <laughs> swagger, the walk, the mix of uh, hysterics in the ring and the in-ring stuff, and just the way you the way you perform. It just—it was like well, I, I remember watching Candido wrestle you in Queens, New York, a million years ago, yeah. and like. I can see the way that Chris worked is very similar to the way yeah. MJF works. Yeah. Once you get past compliment. this guy's
2: breath, you know, he's, he's got some knowledgeable things to say. I can throw this mic at you, you know.
3: <laughs> oh, man.
2: Mint. It's called a mint. What were you saying, Taz? I
3: I, I I wonder, like, if we went back in time, like, if we could do a time, and you were in your prime when ECW was alive, mm-hmm. I actually think you would have got along great. In the locker room and on camera. Oh, I really yeah. do. I mean You know that.
2: what? I think we'd have fun. We'd probably have fun, you know, with everybody throwing sticks and rocks and car batteries at us. And, yeah, <laughs> that I, happens. Yeah, I actually have a, a, a funny story about that. It wasn't a car battery, but it was maybe worse. I was, just in, um, I was just in Mexico. I was wrestling at the crash. And if anybody can relate to getting shit thrown at him in the ring. Oh, uh, yeah. You know? I, I, yes. Uh, and, and ag- again, this is what I love about pro wrestling. I want. I want. Do you people understand? I, I want to see you get mad because it honestly pops me. Because I, I do genuinely. Hate, if you don't hate believe him, you.
3: if you don't believe, just follow him on Twitter. His Twitter is just. Yeah. What's your gimmick Twitter? Uh, At,
2: the m- underscore MJF. If you don't know, congrats. Uh, uh, I've heard uh, that rocks for houses are very nice this time of year. Um, but what had happened was, is I'm in the ring. I have my match, and I, I'm about to go through the curtain, and somebody throws beer in my face. And it's warm.
1: I'm guessing it wasn't beer. It it wasn't beer. Might not have been beer. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So somebody thought it was a good idea to whip it out, pee in a bottle, and throw the glass bottle at me with it. It opened up on the ground and then right in my face. I ran to the back. Uh, (laughs) Gagged a little bit. Washed my face. He uh, did like a... Uh, oh. oh, yeah. And then that freaking midget penta came up to me.
3: Uh, what, I, Pentagon, I, you guys actually, the other hear that guy? I, I don't think that word is PC in this day and age. I'm not normally a PC guy. Dwarf? I'm I don't just know. saying. Whatever, man. Not Pentagon, the other word. Oh. <laughs> whatever.
2: Sorry, social I'm justice saying. warriors. <laughs> um, but yeah, so whatever. The midget walked up to me. There it is. And, and he looks at me, and he goes... Uh, what, what happened to you? What happened to you? <laughs> and I was like, somebody threw piss in my face. And he goes, No, that hasn't happened since like Eddie Guerrero oh, the heat, and Art Real Bar. heat, guys
3: are real heat. And uh, I was uh, like,
2: No, piss. And they just got quiet. Yeah. They were almost amazed by the fact. Real heat. Yeah. Real heat. And you know what? It, it's, it's, it's cool, but it's also sad that nobody. It doesn't happen anymore.
3: It doesn't happen anymore. And by the way, the person is not urinating in the bottle. They're bringing it from home. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. what they do. I wrestled in the Bahamas. I want that to be true. It's true. But they it, was, it was
2: fresh piss, Taz. The piss was fresh. How do you know it, it was fresh? It was hot.
3: It was hot urine. Uh, you don't clap, you idiots. But hold on a minute. It was a horrific Wait experience a for me. Bro, you're in Mexico. Everything's warm in okay, Mexico. Okay, okay, okay. That's fair. It's Mexico. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, whatever.
2: <laughs> Keep your mouth shut, okay, Rat? Thanks. Oh. I'll see you at the hotel later. Alrighty, then.
1: So you were saying the Bahamas. As I said, yeah. He would have fit in great back in <laughs> these <30 minutes>. days. <laughs> if he was around, you wouldn't have had any heat. It would have all went to him. It'd been on him.
3: <laughs> no, but... Oh, I I get what you're saying, and I think the folks understand, dude. That's real heat. I didn't know that story. I'm glad you shared it. here. Yeah. No, but that's real heat, and um, I think I mean hopefully more of your contemporaries will get that kind of heat again. I think some of not to knock a whole generation. That's not. I don't do that. I put over no, the. No, let's. Generation. No, no, no. Like I don't no, mean that. Like I think that sometimes, and it happened when I was in my prime too. A lot of guys, they just. They want to pop the crowd. They want to get over. They want to, you know it is. And yeah. they, don't, they, they want to be loved. They want to get over no matter what. And you can get over by keeping your heat, yeah. like you're saying. That's very important because the money is in the heat, guys. That's heels draw the money. The baby faces don't draw the money, heels draw the money. Yeah. Baby faces are,
2: I don't know. Honestly, I, I hear the lingo and it confuses me. Because, you know, I, I'll hear guys in the back, they'll be like, oh man, you're, you're such a good heel. You're such a good heel. And I laugh because I'm, I'm just being me, man.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, there's nothing. Well, you're a very unlikable guy. Well, And know, I mean that in a nice way. I think I, I'm misunderstood. No, you are. And but Right, Mike? My, right. No. Oh, <laughs> No, but you, you, you have to just you stay in your lane, man. You're perfect. You, that lane, there's not a lot of people in that lane. There is someone that's got a, there's a similarity to the gimmick. I think you know who I'm talking about. Okay, but, what are we talking about? You know who I'm talking about, um. but it's different. Okay. You're a little different than him. I know him. He's yeah. a little different. You're a little different than him. You don't know who I'm talking about? He are gonna play dumb with me? Okay, he's gonna play dumb with me. You people know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Nobody knows who I'm talking about. Say his name. Okay. That guy. Who? EC3. Similar. Okay. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's a nice no, guy. No but, but there's a difference. There's yeah, a difference. Yeah, yeah. Great heel. Walking aside, great heel, right? Agreed? Yeah.
2: He's a good dude. I he's like
3: a, him. a good heel. He's a real like good him. heel. And he, Similar to you, where he he wants to stay heel. He wants to be a heel. He's not trying to get over, but different gimmicks. Maybe the Burberry gimmick. There's some similarities. But that's okay. First of all, so here's my issue. Who here likes Burberry? That is no, no,
2: no, 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 no. So here's, here's what's wrong. People don't understand. Burberry is the standard for excellence. Do you guys understand that this scarf costs more than all of your mobile homes? Can you guys comprehend that? It's a very expensive car- scarf. Okay, it is. Please. Uh, but no, I actually I had met EC3 very early on in my career, and uh, we actually had had a chat. I didn't know that. Um, it was it was actually at a, it was at a WrestlePro show for my my trainer Pat Buck, and we had talked a little bit because me and him had always been uh, like talked yeah. talked about in, in the same exact. And we'd always get tweets where we're tagged with each other, oh, and that's we cool. we both agreed that while there are similarities, there are also vast differences, especially bell to bell. I respect the hell out of him as a performer. I respect everybody as a performer. I'm just better than everyone though. That, that's all. This that's is well established. Yeah, this come on. Well come on, guys. It's it's not that big of a deal. It's really not. I just think once once we all just sit down and go, okay, this guy's kinda gonna be the greatest of all time, and we just relax about it. And we just digest it. and We just let it happen. That's that's when your life's gonna be a lot easier.
3: Guys. So, dude, AEW. A- what is yeah. your main like your main goal here? I want to be the AEW World Champion. Ding! That's the right answer. You see, now the aforementioned TK Tony Khan, as you call My boy, TK. Yeah, I get yes, to bro. meet this man yet, but this this TK gentleman, you know, he'll be the first to tell you, and I agree with him. That what the vibe you all are gonna do with AEW is wins and losses matter. Oh yeah, and that's very important. And some would think, well, wins and losses always matter in wrestling. Eh, Not so fast. Now when I when I say or I hear someone say, no matter if it's Tony Khan or anyone else, say wins and losses are gonna matter. That doesn't mean all right, nobody's gonna want to (laughs) lose. That doesn't mean that. Uh, No one's doing jobs. That doesn't mean that. It means you're, you're, you're going to have to fight uh, to build your winning record. And you're going to be rewarded. We know it's work, and that's the fine line of it, which I kind of have an idea what I think they might do. You guys, AW, but it's none of my business. I have no dog in the fight. But as a viewer, I'm looking forward to that. And hearing you, I didn't, you didn't know I was going to answer that question, what your goals were. That's the right answer. Right away, he wants to be the AW world Champion. And that's it, because you, if you are in a wrestling company, male, female, don't matter, if you don't want to be the top person, then what the frick are you doing? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I have no idea.
2: My, here's my thing. We have some amazing guys on our roster, but do they measure up to me? And to, to me, now, nah, guys, come on, don't laugh. I'm, I'm being genuine here. Uh, here's the thing, right? <laughs> We got a we got a guy that walks around like a caveman. Uh, what, what's his name? Jungle
1: Jungle Boy. Jungle
2: Jim. Jungle Jim. And then we got on. a guy who dresses up like a dinosaur. What what was Luchasaurus. it?
3: Yeah, I don't know.
0: <laughs>
3: hey. MJFC, <here>, please.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, we do have guys. We got, we got, we, you know, and then and then we got a uh, J- Joey, uh, Joey, 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 uh, Joey Jabroni, Joey Janella, J- Joey Janella, right, right. Joey Janella, <laughs> Jabroni. So there's th- 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 <laughs> a lot of guys on the roster right. that a lot of people are excited about. But at right. the end of the day, do they measure up? You know, to me, I feel I am at the level. Uh, while I respect him I think Chris Jericho might very well be the greatest of all time. But I want to get in the ring with him.
3: I think you want to wrestle made, Jericho.
2: Oh, I want to wrestle Chris Jericho. Another guy that I get compared to a lot, I actually saw on Twitter, uh, he was he was talking, and a fan said, oh, did you get uh, humility lessons from MJF? Mm. And he didn't take too kindly to that. Mm. And he responded, uh, hey, i kind of been doing this longer than he's been alive. He's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. He's not wrong um, at all.
3: And the sad thing is, I... Yeah, yeah. Right. I was I'm, yeah, you're like old, the you're same age. Two-taps. I'm just it's not eight, that big of a deal. Listen, I'm 85 yeah. and he's 81. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Adult diapers aren't even that expensive right. anyway. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> the, thing, the thing is, not, nah, bro, I'm sorry. The thing is, I get orange and black diapers and shit my pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. So, here, yeah. so look, the thing is with Jericho, because I've I worked with him a whole bunch, wrestled him, you know, and. You're right, he didn't take kind to it on Twitter, but you just, I didn't realize that, but I believe you. Again, from that, from how Chris came up, like the guys from that era, that's how it is. Mm-hmm. And you get this, it's competitive. Oh yeah. You want to put that guy over? I don't care how young world it is. fuck him. Yeah. It's not about him, it's about me. Jericho gets that, hence all his success. You get that at a young age. Now, you still got a lot to do. Oh yeah, and that's that's the exciting part, I guess, for you and for your fans. Uh, I I'd love to see you and Chris. I definitely think. I mean, I, Chris Jericho. I've told Chris this. I, it's like he he's got the fountain of youth. I don't know how the guy. Oh yeah, I, I don't. He's understand. a freak. He's an I mean, absolute he, he freak. He is a freak. I don't know what he's. I don't know how he does it. It's yeah. amazing. But so. I'm sure. I'm sure it'd
2: very, be very easy to sell the greatest of all time versus the youngest and fastest rising star in the history of all time of professional wrestling. And to me, that's a matchup that I know everybody in this crowd wants to see. That's a matchup everybody at home would want to see. It's very simple. But again, there are so many guys on this roster that I am so excited to wrestle and pin or submit, whatever comes first. And I'm very excited because I truly, I want to be the ring bearer of this company. I want to be the face of this company. I want to, when people think AEW, there should be another three letters that come right to mind right after it, and it better be MJF. Okay.
3: I think that could happen. It seems like it will. You're rubbing up, well, buddying up with the right people. I see you running around, as pool. Whoa, 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 whoa. playing around this pool. Taz, 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 bro? i around the guy's pool. First of all, my legs are getting tired. Sir,
2: can you come here real quick? Just lay down flat. On all fours?
3: Thank Wait, you. But this is not that kind of show here. <laughs> don't make it weird. By the way, Taz, you, you know, kind of just defended me a little bit. Now, hold on a second. No, no MJF, no, M- listen, I, I have to, sir, please. I have a question. Please. please. This is awkward, first of all. I don't know what the hell's going on. My Beyond legs are awkward. tired, Taz. It's awkward. He's, his butt
1: is facing me. How do you think <laughs> I feel?
3: It smells just as bad as your breath. No, but this is, this is what's awkward. And MJF, you got juice around here. Why are these guys that work for Star Kids wearing black and orange shirts?
2: That's a good point, Taz.
3: You need to take care of this. I like you. Yeah. You. Uh, You. You. You.
2: (laughs) You. I like you.
3: You uh, were saying you were making a point. I ended yeah, up
2: I think you know maybe a little bit of gimmick schnabitz infringement is going right. on it's here. A little the, bit of uh, gimmick schnabitz, yeah, for yeah, sure. You like that gimmick schnabitz? Yeah, I've no, heard that before on my once life. No, big deal. Yeah, I no big
3: deal. You got all the inside lingo. Oh yeah, like all the fans. They read the internet. They got yeah, the inside lingo. Who cares if they even know what we're talking about? How about we just speak Carney the rest of this freaking interview? Carney, I never heard of that. What's what? Oh. No, listen. Okay, please let this. All right, all right, go. Let's go. Please,
2: but please do me a favor. Can you get me Purell? I think Mike kind of touched me a little bit as I walked on the
3: stage. so, okay. So, look, we established you want to wrestle Jericho. You're going to be the greatest of all time. You're going to be the man. I mean, I don't know how to even afford to pay you. The money that you make is, probably, I mean, we understand they got deep pockets. We did, we did discuss pay
2: prior to this podcast, didn't we? I could have sworn that you we'll talked about
3: Pay for manager. this? Yeah. Oh, no, we didn't get into that. We'll work it out later on, bro. I got a guy. I told Joey Numbers. Be, I'll give you his number. All right? Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he lives in Ron Conqueror out in the island. Guys, right? I like you, but I don't like you free. You know I what I, mean? <laughs> I respect okay. that. I understand that. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Listen, look, you, 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 you're doing amazing stuff. I just just don't fuck up. You know what I mean? How can you? Man to man.
2: Man to man. Man to man. You. You got you. a lot going on, bro. You. Let me tell you something. I grew up idolizing... Some of these guys that tripped up. Some of these guys like Buddy Landell, like a Gino Hernandez. I love them, but I also learned from them. Mm. I also learned from the young men and women that got to rise very quickly, just like myself, who might have tripped up a little bit. But here's the difference between me and them. I'm not an idiot. I'm smart. Smart man. I get it. And you know what I damn sure I'm not gonna do? I'm not gonna let down TK. And I'm not gonna let down the roller coaster. So you guys he's got nothing to worry about. Hold on a second. This roller coaster. This that's Cody Rhodes, right? Just I, yeah, I don't, he's yeah, a roller coaster, I, bro. Listen, please don't. Th- please. American I, Nightmare. I'm s- EVP. I, I, okay. <laughs> My best friend, <laughs> Cody
3: Rhodes, King of the Crossroads. But, but, I, okay, I understand that. I, it was a little awkward seeing you and Cody hanging out like on a little blow up pelican in his yard. Mm-hmm. Like in his Why was it awkward? It was a little weird. We're smoking some cigars. Talking oh, business. cigar.
2: Yeah, a little bit AmericanRebel.com. Check it out, guys. It's uh, so, Cody Rhodes, my best friend's uh, cigar company. So you, you're gonna, are you
3: are going to move in uh, next door neighbors to Cody, buy a mansion so next we to his discussed mansion? me potentially
2: buying a mansion next to his mansion. But, but here's the thing, right? I, I, I need my privacy. And so does Cody and Brandy, you right, know? Right. Brandy. But Cody, I respect Cody. I respect Cody. Brandy, you got to eat with Brandy? It's Brandy like... might be a bit of a gold digger. But it's fine. It's fine. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal, guys. She's a nice woman. That dog, however. If I can, f- can get my hands on that dog. dog, dog. <laughs>
3: That's funny. That's funny. Well, listen, you're doing amazing things, and I, I hope, just hope it continues for you. Oh, by the way, quick note, I think we missed this. I mean, you did excellent work with MLW, too. Oh, I, yeah, I, I love I, Major League Wrestling. Definitely great yeah. stuff there at MLW. <laughs> Corp does an excellent job there. Yeah. And really, you know, um, that's the first time I actually saw you was there. Oh, wow. on their TV. Yeah, no, seriously, I did, and I was like, wow, you know, real good. And, and uh, yeah, you did some really good stuff there. And yeah, man, I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, Mike, look, you're, you're following the dependency more than me of guys that are, you know, MJF's age in that realm. I, I don't know we can name another guy or girl that's on the come up as quick as this guy.
2: Don't even try, Mike. Put the microphone down. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I guess you're not going to answer the question. I, I, I'm just,
1: I feel like I'm just standing in front of a machine gun.
3: <laughs> He's not going <laughs> to attack you, and I'll stop him. Really? But my back might give out i 85. No, I mean, there, there's a lot of guys who
1: are hungry right now, and they wrestle hard, and they wrestle everywhere. You're hungry. I walked right into that one, didn't I? You really did. I I, mean, it's my you, own fault. But that's okay. You, you, you know. But, um, it, you know, it's hard. It's hard to think of anybody who's on his level in terms of being able to get someone to throw piss at him. And after sitting here with him, I can't imagine why anybody would. But that's kind of like your Academy
3: Award. <laughs> Watch it, Mike. You know what's interesting about you, MJF, that no one talks about? What's that? You have this unique the gimmick on your neck. I uh-huh. was born with this. My beautiful birthmark? Is that the what we're birthmark? discussing right now? I can not remember what the fuck they call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, dude, you the should. The big mark. word. You should, you should market that, dude, like on a shirt. Like yeah? Bur- you know, yeah, I like that. Maybe. I'll think about it. The I'll mark? think about it. I'm busting
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that roll on the back of your neck—you could do I'm a gimmick with him that, him crack.
3: What's that. What? <laughs> I got him. I got him. All
2: right. We're just Boston
3: balls <laughs> up here, guys. Don't worry about it. Use guys, don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay, it's a New York thing. So what's next? So you're gonna be the next champ. I mean, how quick are you gonna be this AW World Heavyweight Champ?
2: I mean, I don't know if you guys heard. There's this little rumble going on tomorrow. Tomorrow night.
3: Yes. And whoever wins that match, give
2: it up for the rumble because I'm in it. Um. Yeah, there's going to be a little rumble going on. Whoever wins that rumble, uh, gets to be one of the participants to wrestle for the AEW. It's not going to be easy though. That rumble, that, um, that's going to maybe, be... maybe for uh, a less an average man. guy, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm not like these people. I'm not
3: average, Tess. Okay. Dude, I think you're going to win this thing tomorrow night.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I you're, think gonna...
3: you're right. I think, I think it's going to happen. Mike, who's going to win? Exactly. No, I no, think no, you're going to Thank you, think you, think you so go. much, <laughs>
2: everybody. Mike, tremendous analyst. <laughs>
3: Oh, Mike, you <laughs> just can't catch a break. <laughs> Listen, so, uh, oh, by the way, you're uh, you a big gambler, you're in Vegas, you, I pitch you, Black 22, putting 10 grand on, you know I mean? like, I don't want to make a big deal out of this, yes. but last night at
2: the blackjack table, I won six dollars. <laughs> six dollars? And let me tell you something, it was a rush, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> But I, I left. You know, once you hit it big, you got to leave quick because yeah. you don't want to mess up.
3: No, nah, I hate you, bro. You don't want to mess well, up. Well, I mean, listen, you're doing amazing stuff. You're unbelievable. I mean, I, you know, I got to have you on the show again. I mean, once you become the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. I'm going to be pretty busy. I'll think about it, though. Wow. I just got pushed to the side. See that? I'll think about it.
2: And you were a big ECW fan. I don't pitch you being an ECW fan. Okay. So here's what I wasn't a fan of. The blood, the guts, the violence. That was all garbage. To me. I
3: hated it, too. It was disgusting.
2: The wrestling, you know, the Eddie Guerrero's, the Dean Malenko's, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Taz's, the Van Dam, The Van Dam, absolutely. Yeah. Jerry Lynn. Jerry, nah, yeah, okay. fuck Jerry yeah. Lynn.
3: Wow. But every, Hold on a second. Listen, I, I haven't talked to Jerry in a while. What? Terrible human I, being. Have you ever talked to him? I, I, I kind of know him, like, I don't know, 20-something years. He's garbage but, person. But listen, I, I yeah. got to tell you, listen, ladies and gentlemen, there are a lot of people that you could go and do a shoot interview and fucking bury, like me, like him in the future. Whoa, Jerry Lynn is as he would nobody, except you. Everyone loves Jerry Lynn. I'm salt of
2: the earth. Jerry Lynn, you know, when the roller coaster told me, he called me. He said, uh... He said, MJF, we need to talk real quick. And I said, here we go. What's this going to be? That's it. I'm done before I start. Right? <clears throat> My mouth was, you know, I was starting to shake. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And he goes, look, me and Teeks were talking. TK, just in case you guys aren't following. <clears throat> uh, they were talking, right? And they go, we were thinking about hiring Jerry Lynn as a coach for AEW. I was not happy about that. Why? So here's the thing. Well, that was the... Like, you just, don't, you just don't like them. I'm gonna tell you why. Oh, bro, There's I'm a story waiting. behind this. Right, okay, okay, okay. okay, okay. So, I'm at a house of hardcore show. I put on the best match of the night, hands down. Duh. I was in it. Subtle. Now, when the humble brag, no big deal. Humble Now, when the match ends, everybody knows how humble I am, Tess. When the match ends, I walk through the curtain, right? And here's this freaking lanky old dude with, like, this buzz cut and, like, a shitty beard. And he walks out to me and he goes, hi, I'm Jerry Lim. Nice to meet you. Just <laughs> dripping with sarcasm. So I slapped him in the face like any sane person would do and I walked away. And now him- I have to work with this guy? Wait, did you tell him pick a hand? What? No, 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 no. I'm not that ballsy. <laughs> that did that, I got to ask you a question. Did what? that really happen or is that yeah, a piece but of folklore? It's, a,
3: it's not exactly the way it, people tell the story was it pick a foot no no was it? it was it was it was pick a hand but it was and rob and i talked about it a million times laughed yeah. about it dude it was uh we had uh i didn't know there was an issue sure we had a six-man match in new Orleans. it was me sabu van dam i think it's a triple threat and uh candido bam bam and and uh, shane douglas the match was fucking horrible the match sucked and the match sucked because it wasn't anybody in the match's fault. It was Paul Heyman's fault. Because we didn't get the fucking finish. The always blame, always blame Paul blame Heyman. Blame Paul Heyman. There you go. So anyway, so we had all of us, six of us and Paul, had a big argument in the locker room after it. Like this, I think it was New Orleans. I think I said that. And it was a big disagreement, big about everything. And then we go to a house show in Freeport on, on Long Island. And I'm lacing my boots up. I had a table there. You know, you put a table, put your bag. Somebody was sitting next to me, using the sharing a table. I used to get there early. Van Damme, Sabu, and Bill Alfonso, they used to travel together. So they showed up a few minutes after me. And you know how it is. You walk a lot. Everybody says, well, you don't. But everybody else says hello to each other. I have and, my own room, yeah, guys. Just, That's yeah. not how so, I operate. Yeah. So, so what happens is, you know, Rob, Rob, Rob and Sabu making around, saying hello. And then I got the table here. I'm lacing my boots. I right, said, so, hello, Sabu. What's up, man? Hey, what's up? What's up? Hey, Sa- hey Rob, what's up? Rob was hand. I go on, and then boom—he fucking whacks me. I'm not kidding. Yeah. He fucking whacks me. But like now, so the story goes that he knocked me out. Then there was the other one that I got knocked down. Then there was the one that I got my fucking teeth knocked out. It was, well, I'm exaggerating that one. The thing is, did he hit me as hard as he could? No. Was I shocked? Insanely shocked. It was more shocked than anger because. In the locker room, as you know, 99.9% of the time, your guard is what? Down. Mm. Okay? When you walk through the curtain, your guard is up. I was shocked more than anything. And again, this is something that Rob and I talked
2: about more than once. Tez, I got to give you some inside baseball here. What? I know why that
3: happened. It was Jerry Lynn in the pot. You're right, I'm telling you, it was that Jerry, piece Lynn's of fault. Shit, Jerry Lynn. But anyway, so that's the, and that's all school. Since so, so, so I didn't get up and like attack Rob and suplex him all over the locker room and choke him out, mm. Taz is the P word. Sure, sure, sure. So that's what happened. But no, what's I, the P word? You, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say. it. His ladies Pelican? Yeah, you know the word. But anyway, like I pushed out. But the thing was, I was more shocked. And then when I stood up, I said, "What the fuck? What are you? Do-? You know?" And then it was like a big pull up Oh yeah, big. And I'm like, Dude, "What? You- what happened? Like, what are you doing?" Because again, look, Rob, I've been hit by Rob in the ring. Uh, I've hit Rob. When Rob wants to hit you hard, like he, if he wanted to like hit me, he would have knocked me on my ass because I didn't expect it. Mm. That's the, you know, and, and he didn't do that. I think he was just trying to. He was pissed at me. What happened was, I think that he was upset. During, this is during a save. I was making a save. Someone had him pinned, maybe Bigelow. And I didn't wear knee pads. And when, when I came in to make the save and hit Bam Bam, my knee caught Rob in the head. Yeah. And yeah. I, I didn't even know that. Sure. And I think maybe he just thought it Sure. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Anyway, those of you that listened to my show for five years, you know Rob's been on. We've talked about this a lot. Not here to talk to you about that, but it came up sure. because you asked me a question. Absolutely. And that's it. It's my interview. Right. And about Jerry Lynn. So you're saying he's an asshole.
2: He's a real arrogant piece of shit. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't know that. Also, little little white trash, too. Guys, I hate to bust your idols down, but he's just a bad person. That's all. It's not a big deal. You know, never meet your heroes. I mean, he wasn't my hero. I barely knew who he was. But, you know.
3: Where? <laughs> Well, listen, brother, I appreciate you coming on here. And I don't care if you were banned or not. You're part of the Taz Show. Oh, yeah. And listen, this is just the beginning. Not just for you, but you and I are friendship. We don't live far from each other. We have mansions on Long Island. Oh, yeah. And I appreciate that you came on here, man. I really mean that. You
2: know what? I appreciate you appreciating me, but I don't want to have to look at these disgusting poor marks for another five seconds.
3: MJF! Well, I'm going to head on out of here. Yes, MJF. Peace out, losers! MJF, ladies and gentlemen. MJF, thank you, brother. Thank you. MJF... All right, there you go. There you go. Yeah, he's, uh, he, you know, he knows how to... He's a real nice guy. He's, he's, you know, he gets heat. That's what that's that like. You get heat. That's what you got to do. So that's it. Well, guys, listen, I appreciate you guys coming uh, to this. This first time I've ever done a live Taz show. I've done a, a lot. Thank you. I uh, First time I've done a live Taz show in front of a live audience. I've done a bunch of live shows, obviously, but never in front of an audience. Just a lot of fun, and I really do appreciate all you guys. I mean, I I got bright lights on my face, but you guys are spread out all over. So thank you, all you guys over here. I'm sorry I was looking towards this way, not at you guys, but uh, I appreciate you guys. I hope you guys had a good time, seriously. And Mike, thank you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right. Can I play, Can you play some out music for me? We're done. Did Conrad ban my fucking music? Thank you.
0: All right. Hashtag Starcast live on fight. You never know what you're gonna hear or see. Taz in rare form, Mike Johnson getting the credit that he deserves, covering our sport like no one else. And of course, MJF riling some feathers and getting people talking. And that's what this entire weekend is all about. Double or nothing is proving to everyone in the world, not just in pro wrestling. You don't have to do what everyone else is doing. Make your own mark, pave your own way. Stick with us all weekend long. Hashtag StarCast right here live on fight. You never know what you're going to hear, what you're going to see, who's going to show up. There's a lot of surprises. So make sure you stay with us all weekend long. You can relive it anytime you want. Call your friends, invite them over, charge them a few bucks at the door if you want to. It's entirely up to you. Anyway you look at it. Hashtag StarCast on fight.